0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Battle Station. I'm your host Tucker and we are back on the air. I know it's been a while and I actually want to talk a little bit about what I plan on going forward for the show, but before I do that, let's get to the build. So, way back in episode seven, I took a look at a ship called Quark's Treasure. At the time, it had only been previewed and we had no idea what the reality of it in play was going to look like. Well, we've seen it now, and while I don't want to brag, it's gone quite a lot like I thought it would back then. Um, I've got a new build for it now, though, uh, so I think it's time we revisited the little guy. Just to remind everyone, uh, here's how the ship looks. The ship name is Quark's Treasure. It's a Ferengi Shuttle class, which means it's a shuttlecraft, obviously. It's unique. It's got two attack, two defense, two shields, and two hull for a cost of 16 points. It comes with one tech and two crew slots. Maneuver-wise, we're looking at green one and two forward and one banks. With white, three forward, two banks, two hards, one hard, and one and two comeabouts. Good lord. Uh, It has a 90 degree front arc, uh, no rear arc, and the scan and evasive actions on its bar. Uh, Its ability is obviously the most interesting thing about it. It is uh, why you run the ship in the first place. Uh, It reads, you do not pay a faction penalty when assigning any crew or tech upgrades to the ship. You do not place an auxiliary power token beside your ship when using the docking or launching actions. Uh, as I'll discuss in a moment, both sides of this ability have actually been uh, very influential. Uh, in terms of where the ship is from the show, uh, as I mentioned last time, the ship is actually from one of my favorite Star Trek episodes, uh, Deep Space Nine's Little Green Man. Again, I'm not going to spoil it. Just, j- just go watch it. Go watch it and enjoy it. You know you want to. Um, the major change from last time around, the, la- the last time I looked at uh, Quark's Treasure, is that we actually do have a competitive history for this ship and wow uh what a history it is basically uh quark's treasure's ability to move around upgrades completely changed the face of the so-called quote-unquote pure variants um basically allowing you to completely undermine them by you know swapping uh ferengi f- upgrades onto whatever uh letting you um you know, move stuff from one ship to another. Uh, it, it also, the, the, the auxiliary power tokenless docking and undocking was crucial uh, for several regionals victories. Uh, Joseph Yacht, uh piloted a build that uh, the, b- basically, f- the, the day after the event changed the way the game works to make him stop winning that way, uh, which was very, very amusing for a lot of us, I think. Um, and on that note, uh, I mentioned last time that Conditional Surrender was going to be a problem in pure builds. Well, it's not anymore because that actually got hit with the uh, uh, errata the, uh, hammer. Um, I felt it was a design mistake, and apparently the design team wound up agreeing with me, so that, that happened. But uh, long story short, we first heard of the ship a year and a half ago, and boy, it does not seem that long. Uh, and it has become the competitive player many of us predicted would be. So uh, what are we going to do with it today? Well, we're not going to do a typical thing uh, because this build actually didn't even start as a Quartz Treasure build. It didn't even start as a Shuttlecraft build. It started as, of all things, a dauntless build that Will Sanchez ran at the 2016 Nationals in or, or during Origins. Uh that I've been meaning actually to come on this podcast and talk about for a really long time. Uh, Basically, I'm not going to sit and talk about it today. I'm just going to move on to my version of the list. And uh, I'm I'm sure you can extrapolate from there how it was done. Uh, I might give it another look at another episode. I'm not sure. Um, But since Nationals, a very interesting and relevant to this build resource has actually come out. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at a new build today using that resource uh, based on wheels build. So we start our build looking at this resource, which is the senior staff resource from the yesterday's enterprise OP. I'm not going to read the entire text, but basically it gives each crew upgrade on all of your ships. That's a very critical bit. All of your ships an extra elite talent slot for the small cost of only one uh, SP per talent attached this way. Now, why is it important that uh, the resource applies to all of your ships? Because it means that the extra SP cost from the resource does not count against the 50-point limit on the ship itself. That only happens if the resource can only be attached to one ship in your fleet. For example, a fleet captain. It also means that you can't lose those points unless you lose your entire fleet, which is important in competitive play. A good resource all around, but with That 50-point limit, what can you get with a bunch of elite talents, most of which are unique anyway? Sweet, sweet vengeance. So we're going to start this build off uh, pretty much the same way we did uh, the last one, which is with the captain being Zek, the Grand Nagus himself, but as a captain, as a one-point elite talent holder. We're going to add another one, which is Admiral Q who is a one-point elite talent holder that reduces Zek's skill captain to one and has an ability that we don't care about at all. Uh, We're going to leave the tech slot alone for now. This is really important. Uh, Instead, we've got uh, two crew slots. For the first one, we're going to stick in Dareth. She is a one-point independent crew that says, if one of your crew upgrades, including this one, is affected by an enemy ship, you may disable one crew upgrade of your choice on that enemy ship. Uh, The protection is nice but she's basically just there as a one, two point total elite talent holder. Um, and as a slight digression, um, there are a lot of builds in which having a one point crew for one reason or another is a useful thing. Dareth is my go-to for that. Um, most of the, it's kind of hard sometimes to find a one point crew with a relevant ability, but Dareth's ability is always relevant on a ship with more than one crew. So, For one point, she's an extra little bit of insurance. Uh, She's out of the Fina Prime pack, I love her. Consider picking it up, okay? With our other crew slot, we've got Eric Motz, the two-point Federation crewman that does nothing but add a tech slot. But we already have a free tech slot. Yeah, and we're gonna keep that one free for, well, reasons. Roll with it, you'll see where we're going with this. Uh, into the tech slot from Eric Mott goes Cargo Hold, which is a card from the Frankie Shuttle, the Torx Treasure that says it's one point tech and it says um, add uh, either two tech two crew or one tech and one crew, basically two tech or crew and combination slots to your upgrade bar. The combined cost of those upgrades, important wording difference, uh, can't be more than. Uh, can't be more than four SP put together. So we're gonna throw in two followers of Khan for grand total of two SP put together because again, no faction penalty. Uh, and that's gonna give us two more elite talent slots that are not limited by cargo hold. So at this point, we've spent 24 points with 26 left to play with, and we have six elite talent slots. Uh, well, one of those slots and six points is going to good old cheat death. It basically says if your ship would be destroyed instead, well, there's been guidance and stuff on this look. Basically, the way it works is uh, you, you bring it down to one hull remaining, one one damage card short of blowing up. Um, and the other five are going to five copies of I Stab at V, which is not unique, it turns out. So here's what we got so far. We've got Quark's Treasure at 16 points. Uh, Zek as a Captain at one point. Uh, with Cheat Death, I put that in his slot. We've got Admiral Q, one point. we got a four point at Stab at Thee. We do have to pay faction penalties on Talents, remember. Uh, we've got Eric Motz holding I Stab at Thee. And a Cargo Hold, which is in turn holding a Follower of Khan, which is in turn holding an I Stab at Thee. And going up a level, a Follower of Khan, down a level, I Stab at Thee. And Dareth with one more copy of I Stab at Thee, just for good measure. Uh, so that totals 50 points on the ship itself. You end up paying four for the resource so far, so your fleet total, quote unquote, is 54 points. So, yep, it's a ship that's good at blowing itself up. Well, what is what are we going to do with that? Well, obviously, we're going to blow it up. So keep in mind here, Quark's Treasure is a shuttle. It can land on other ships and swap things on and off in this case. We're going to land on a ship and pick up a self-destruct sequence. And there are actually like four of those. So I'm just going to go ahead and clarify. I am specifically talking about the three-point Romulan tech upgrade self-destruct sequence. Uh, It does not have a dash in it. Uh, I spent about 10 minutes trying to find it because all the other ones do and this one doesn't anyway. Uh, it says, Action! Destroy your ship and target every ship within range one of your ship. Each ship suffer, suffer blah, 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 suffers. Each ship suffers. Wow, it's like saying toy boat. Uh, one damage. No ship may be equipped with more than one self-destruct sequence. Now, here's the trick. Not only does this let us blow our ship up when we want to trigger a cavalcade of stabbing at thee, but it also let us do it multiple times. You see, WizKids kids probably never expected a ship to survive its own destruction, which is why I stab at the, does not discard to activate. Certainly they never expected it to survive self-destructing, which is why self-destruct sequence doesn't discard either. though actually come to, so okay, come to think of it for some reason, all the other self-destruct sequences discard? And say you can't use cheat death, most of them anyway, so... Not sure why they dropped that here, but hey, who am I to turn down an opportunity? So, long story short, you dock on the 4 hull ship you need to bring with your fleet in order to have a shuttle, uh, load on self-destruct sequence, and while you're doing that, why not have that whole ship, uh, the 4 hull ship, warp jump you right behind your opponent's fleet. Like that. So, basically, uh, launch your sh- ship on the next term. You won't take an APT because of the ship ability, the other ship ability. Move three forward to be within range and out of range of your own ship. And boom, one damage from self-destruct plus whatever you can roll off, I stab at these. So we add to our list, uh, some ship with two tech slots and four plus hull. There are a large number of those, the Prometheus off the top of my head. Uh, warp jump for five points and self-destruct sequence for three uh, probably you're going to be paying a faction penalty on one of the two there. So for a fleet total of 63 points, counting Quark's treasure, worm drop on the other ship, and, a, and self-destruct sequence on the other ship. Uh, so 63 points cost plus the cost of whatever larger ship you're using. Now, uh, the nice thing about this is four hull ships tend to be pretty okay. Uh, there are no other real costs or requirements here. You can fly this in a number of builds. I mean, this, sort of just think of it like a like a 50 point or 60, I guess, point blind buy. You know, you still have your other 20 points to play with however you want. Um, experiment. Try it out. That is the battle station way, you know. Uh, go out there and innovate for yourself. And on that topic, uh, with that being our build for today, let me, let me talk a little bit about the future of this podcast. Uh, yes, I am back for real. But I'm not going to be, I mean once a week was a little crazy. I mean, there's just not, it, 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 burned me out. There's, it resulted in me stretching for content. I think people got a little tired of seeing a new one every week anyway. So what what we're looking at is basically once or twice a month, uh, depending on number one, the release schedule, obviously. And number two, um, I want to look at OP fleets. Uh, that's something I was talking about doing a lot, uh, back when I was originally doing the podcast. And I, I really think it's a, it's a good way to, uh, sort of move forward also if something really amazing happens you know if we get a new set of 10 blind buys I might do like one episode on the whole set or obviously I'm still planning on going to nationals covering that so uh, I think there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of opportunity here for some variety we're gonna switch it up a little bit you know again looking at a you know once or twice per month schedule and we'll we'll see how it all works out but until then It's really good to be back. I missed uh, speaking to you all. And uh, I look forward to the next episode. But until then, stand down, red alert, and secure from Battle Station.